Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Yay! We're together again. (laughs) And I am, I feel so lit up because I just returned from Easter weekend retreat in the desert with some extraordinary people having amazing breakthroughs and experiences of clearing the clutter. Our intention was uh, spring cleaning on the inside. And boy, oh boy. We got her done. <laughs> it was great, great fun, and it was lovely. So I'm, I'm full up here. I'm full up, and this morning I'm going to be introducing you to a dear friend of mine, Dr. Michael Lennox, who is an author and teacher about dreams, interpreting dreams. He's going to help us with that. So I'm looking forward to that. He'll be with us in just a few minutes. So in the meantime, let us begin, as we always do, with a prayer. Let's open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, and tune inward. So I invite you to place your hand on your heart, as I'm doing. And we're dedicating ourselves to the love that we are. And knowing it, truly knowing it, knowing the love that is eternal, that is infinite, that is perfect, that is always available, that is live streaming now and forever, is our true identity. The kingdom is within and the kingdom is who we are. It is our identity, that kingdom, that magnificence. So we take this breath of gratitude and we consciously invoke divine grace into our awareness, into the awareness of our being. And we consciously partner up with the Holy Spirit, the higher Holy Spirit self. And remember that we are not separate from the Holy Spirit, we are one with And we're grateful for this right now. We're dedicating ourselves to love, dedicating ourselves to understanding, to compassion, to freedom, to truth. And it is that truth that liberates us. So we're grateful right now to be aligned with the divine, awake and aware, receptive to the good. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes, yes, yes. So, A Course of Miracles is teaching us, helping us to remember that this human experience we're having is an illusion. It is a dream. And Dr. Michael Lennox is an expert on dreams and dream interpretation. And he is here to assist us. And Dr. Michael Lennox is uh, the author of Dream Sight, and it's a wonderful book. It's a very helpful and useful book. And actually, you know what? Let's see. Michael, are you there? I am here. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. I'm lit and, up know, too. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. You had a good Easter? <laughs> Delighted to be here. Did you have a good Easter? I did. It was a, a beautiful, beautiful weekend. Very busy, but all with wonderful opportunities to be of service and to connect with community in love. I really had a, an extraordinary resurrection weekend. <laughs> wonderful. And Passover. Did yep. you celebrate Passover? I certainly did. I, In fact, I was part 
of a beautiful uh, Seder service where there was no Haggadah. We just, it was, it was an avant-garde experiment that a dear friend of mine um, decided. She invited about 12 of us to gather and instructed everyone to come with a poem, a quotation, a reading, or a song that somehow invoked freedom. And we sat around discussing um, bondage and freedom in a very contemporary way and a very heartfelt way. There was lots of laughter, lots of tears, and it was very, very satisfying. Nice. Very nice. That <laughs> sounds lovely. Yeah. So, A Course in Miracles, uh, it, it talks about our life as being a dream, an illusion, a projection. And then within our experience of the illusion, we have dreams when we're sleeping. And uh, Michael, so you're you're a dream expert, and your expertise comes from uh, psychology. Yes. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about your belief in the value of dreams from a mystical point of view. Wonderful. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, I, um, uh, they are mystical. In fact, one of the things that I discovered in my study over the, of the last couple of decades was I was very uh, engaged by the notion that almost all aboriginal cultures around the world um, felt that the dream world was sacred. In fact, to the extent of the dream world was felt to be more real than this waking world. And one of the reasons I think that is, is because of how prevalent our ancestors are in the dreamscape. That in this elusive daily living, people do this thing every once in a while that we find confounding. They die. And the the perception is that then they're gone. They go away. But in the dreamscape, they're never gone. And I think that's one of the profound sort of examples of how it is that we can perceive the dream world as mystical, is that it's connected to the all that there ever was and all that there ever will be, and it's easily accessible every night, every time we go to sleep. So that's one fundamental principle that really excites me. Another one is is that dreams are the world where anything can happen and probably will, and in fact... We sort of create our dreams as we go, and we think nothing of that. We don't think that's unusual. We expect that in our dream world, but in fact, that's what's happening in our waking world, too. (laughs) It's just not as easy to notice that we're creating the process as we go out of the magical stuff that creates this illusion. And I think the third fundamental piece for me that speaks very strongly is is the, uh, the quotation from the New Testament that I love so much, seek first the kingdom within, and all else will be added unto you. And to me, the most primal example of the kingdom within is, is the dreamscape. It's a kingdom. It's mighty. It's enormous. And it's within me. It happens inside of me. And if I look there for my sense of self and my sense of identification and my sense of um, you know, question and answer with myself and my higher holy self, then all else gets added unto me. And uh, I, I, I think that, uh, that that sort of wraps up my kind of, you know, it, it, it works in all ways that the, the dream world connects me to my design, divine self. And by within you, I know that you mean within your awareness. Yes, within my awareness. You know, which is, is the distinction of living vertically or horizontally, that if it's outside of me, if it's this perceived projection outside there and I'm reacting to it the way I might, you know, an unhappy situation in life, you know, that's not, that doesn't feel like it's within my awareness. It, the illusion is that's outside of my awareness. With dreams, there's no denying it. It's inside my awareness. It's happening in the inner landscape of my sense of self. Uh First, I, I want to go back for just one second because I could feel when I used the word mystical that some people said, oh, I'm not sure I know exactly what that means. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll just share with people that the, the mystical is really, it's our direct knowing of the divine. It's our direct 
perception of spiritual truth. So for me, what I offer in my classes and in this radio show is an awareness that we can all have that direct connection. We don't have to go through the expert. We don't have to go through the priest. And in fact, uh, what I share, and we, we've talked about it all weekend long in this retreat that I just did, it's about cultivating the awareness that we have the ability to have direct knowing, direct insight and clarity. And so often when it comes into our awareness, ah, here's the thread to pull in order to get more clarity, to get more awareness, it feels challenging. Like we might have to give up the the things that we cherish that are an illusion, the the beliefs that we have, the opinions that we have, the judgments that we have, we, we have to give them up and ha- in order to have the clear knowing. And so sometimes the mystical understanding, the clear understanding can feel challenging only because we're holding so tightly to the false beliefs. So, uh, the dream time assists us in developing an awareness of our direct knowing and very often in dream time we can allow into our awareness a clarity that in waking time is too threatening, don't you think? Absolutely. In fact, I would say the value of looking at your dreams, whether you're just doing it by ruminating about them in a kind of fuzzy way with a little bit of memory or really getting down and dirty and writing them down and, and, and having some you know conscious time with them, is that dreams are very good at identifying for us as individuals where we are experiencing fear, where we are experiencing resistance. And as, as you, I love when you talk about, you always crack me up when you use that wonderful example of when the light is turned on, it doesn't have to beg the darkness to go away. Right. Right. It's not like, oh, go away now, darkness, I'm coming. <laughs> but we do have to turn the switch on. Yes. Right? We have to go to where the switch is. The switch is a place where the connection is broken. That's what a switch does. It takes an electric wire where flow is happening, and it separates it and says, we are no longer connected until the switch is thrown. And then the connection automatically ensues and the light fills the room. That disconnection, which is done very deliberately by your electrician when the house is being built, is the same thing as, in fact, it's a symbol of our internal disconnection from that flow. And when we identify where the disconnection is in a dream, usually as a function of a scary or frightening image that leaves us panicked or upset, when we identify where that is, then our attention just gets to go right there, and you just sort of look at it. You don't even have to know how to do it. That's the beauty of dream work. It's not like some mystical thing, mystical, sorry for that word. It's not some mysterious thing like you've got to get the degree before you can do it. It's automatic. It's built into the soul process. You look at that place where the fear is in, incited by the scary image, and you're automatically going over to the light switch where the disconnect is, and you're flipping it and saying, nope, light, please. Yes. Now, you, I love, I love that. That's such a great reminder that the switch is within. It's within our awareness to flip that yeah. switch. Yeah. And when we flip the switch, we can immediately have that light. As, as you said, I'm always talking about that. Now, <clears throat> it's interesting that A Course in Miracles, and this is one of the fundamental teachings in the Course, is that fear is of our own making. Because there's the sense that fear is outside of us. And fear is, uh, it actually says this so many times in the Course, that fear is basically the result of choosing to usurp God in our awareness. So we, we have a realization that there's a oneness of all life and we're all divinely connected. We are not separate from each other. And then the next thing we think is Johnny ate my brownie and Johnny is a jerk and Johnny is not good and Johnny is bad and I hate Johnny and 
all thoughts of separation or, you know, uh, Nancy slept with my husband. So Nancy is a so-and-so. And so I'm not one with her. Gosh, no, she is against me. She took my stuff. And so we have all these thoughts of separation and we declare that God's not right. God is wrong. And uh, God is, in fact, not a good manager. Because if God was a good manager, babies wouldn't die of starvation and Nancy wouldn't have slept with my husband. (laughs) You're right. You know? And so we think all these thoughts of separation and we're flipping the switch then, right then. We're turning off the light and we're saying, you know what? I'm just going to sit in the darkness. I don't want to see that it's my response ability to hold the light, to know the truth, to know that this is happening in my realm of experience for my growth, for my healing, so that I can open my heart. And, you know, of course, it doesn't mean that uh, I should simply <clears throat> accept what's going on in the, in, in the sense of condoning it. But accept it in the sense of what has happened has happened, and it's my responsibility to bring love because love is the healer. So, if we were talking about this this weekend at the retreat, that people often say, "I'm just trying to figure out what God wants me to do," and my <laughs> perception is God doesn't want us to do anything. It's about you have free will in this world in this experience of human incarnation, what are you going to do with it? What is your choice when you have free will? Do you choose to run Nancy over with your car because she slept with her husband or your husband, or do you choose to go into meditation and discover why is this a value to you? What is the learning for you? And how can you open your heart to yourself so that through this, you can have a loving, healing experience of more oneness. Now, in our dreams, their dream time is constantly calling us to this. And we're, we're just coming up to a break. So what I would like to do, Michael, in the uh, next section after the commercial break is I'd love to share a common dream that I used to have all the time. It was actually like a recurring nightmare. And uh, I'd love to, because I think it's a common kind of a theme for many spiritual seekers and students. And uh, we could take a look at it and see uh, how it applies to our spiritual journey. How does that sound? That sounds like as delicious as a brownie. <laughs> Great. Well, <laughs> I'm Jennifer Hadley, and our guest this week is Dr. Michael Lennox, who also has a show on Unity Online Radio. This is A Course of Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk on Unity Online Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Here is your host, Reverend Jennifer Hadley. So we're back with Dr. Michael Lennox, who has a show on Unity Online Radio. Michael, what's the name of your show? Dream Interpretation with Dr. Michael Lennox. It's sort of self-explanatory. And when is it on? It's uh, live on Mondays at 2 o'clock Central, uh, 12 o'clock Pacific. And just, we're going to do some dream interpretation here. I'm going to share this recurring nightmare that I used to have with Michael. But I I really would like to let people know that this is an incredibly valuable resource to have you uh, live on the radio. And people call in, right? They can call in. Yes, they do. They do, and and people are, you know, there's a relatively new show. We're only in our fourth uh, week coming up, and, and people are starting to call. And uh, we're having a lot of fun. And yes, the, it, it, it's uh, the, the, it, work gets done. Consciousness gets uh, uh, revealed in the process. So uh, I do encourage anybody who's interested in calling in to, to log on at that time and call me up. 
It's so worth it because, as you'll see, Michael is an expert. So now, and he's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just you're you're such, you're really you're 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 a true mystic in so many ways. That's my experience of you, Michael. Because Michael is a dear, beloved friend of mine, and part of my spiritual community, Project Service LA, here in Los Angeles. He's in leadership there, and. Um, just such such a, a great resource. So the very idea that people who are challenged with their dreams can just call in for free and talk to you is wonderful. And of course, people can have private sessions with you as well, right, Michael? Yes, indeed. Will you tell yes, us what indeed. your website is? Yes, it's uh, michaellennox.com. So there's two N's in Lennox and... Uh, yeah, that's my blog. I write about dreams. I write about astrology, and you can find out, you know, how to contact me uh, there as well. I love Michael's blog, so I encourage you to uh, to check it out as well. It's really a good resource. It comes out oh, a couple times a month. Would you say? Yeah, about yeah, about twice a month. In fact, I'm working on an article right now, um, which will hopefully be up uh, by the end of today, just about the current cycle of uh, the astrological weather that we're entering or actually that we're leaving. I like to write about astrology often from the back end so people can understand what they're just coming out of. <laughs> it's so helpful. I love I love your blog. So just before I tell you my dream, I'd like to uh, share with folks a section from right early in the uh, text of A Course in Miracles. It's one of the first mentions of dream uh, and uh, uh, dreams. And uh, it, it says here, we're, on, we're at the beginning of Chapter 2, which is entitled The Separation and the Atonement. And it's uh, Section 1, which is entitled The Origins of Separation. And it says, the Garden of Eden, or the pre-separation condition, was a state of mind in which nothing was needed. So that perfect bliss, right? Nothing was needed because you already had everything. When Adam listened to the lies of the serpent, all he heard was untruth. You do not have to continue to believe what is not true unless you choose to do so. So this is the thing about the light is within. There really is no darkness unless we decide to deny the truth. All that can literally, all that, the the lies, the darkness, can literally disappear in the twinkling of an eye because it is merely a misperception. What is seen in dreams seems to be very real. Now, this is the illusion it's referring to. Yet the Bible says that a deep sleep fell upon Adam, and nowhere is there a reference to his waking up. The world has not yet experienced any comprehensive reawakening or rebirth. Such a rebirth is impossible as long as you continue to project or miscreate. It still remains with you, however, to extend as God extended his spirit to you. In reality, this is your only choice because your free will was given you for your joy in creating the perfect. So we have free will to extend love through our awareness to everyone and thereby be the light that we are and to awaken from the dream. And then it says a little bit, more about how fear is the result of our choosing to usurp God and that we can't actually usurp God. And it says, and this is page 18 now in chapter 2, the real basis for your escape from fear is realizing that you have chosen to usurp God in your mind, but you can never actually do that. And it says, the escape is brought about by your acceptance of the atonement, which is the realization that this is a dream, which enables you to realize that your errors never really occurred. If you're in dream time, they didn't really occur, right? So only after the deep sleep fell upon Adam could he experience nightmares. 
So our life can seem like a nightmare. If a light is suddenly turned on while someone is dreaming a fearful dream, he may initially interpret the light itself as part of the dream and be afraid of it. However, when he awakens, the light is correctly perceived as the release from the dream, which is then no longer accorded reality. So what it's saying here is that and this is, and I'd love to hear what you think about this too, Michael, before we begin the conversation about my nightmare. The light, which is the, the divine understanding, that mystical connection, can appear in the dream. Just like if we're sleeping and the light comes on in the room, at first we might incorporate it into our dream. It seems part of the dream. And then we can realize that, oh, this light coming on in the dream is to help us awaken from the dream. I love so that. So what I find, yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, it's great. Tell, tell, me, tell me your thoughts well, about wh- that. Well, one of the things that I experience constantly in my work that is uh, really actually also a sort of self-fulfilling desire to continue. I mean, I, I do the work I do because of the response I get from dreamers. It's just so satisfying to have somebody look at you and have their eyes widen and go, oh, my God, that makes so much sense, and their hearts open and their minds relax, and they have this numinous experience of letting go of fear. And it always comes from taking an image that appeared in a dream that sparked a sense of fear and upset. And Often it's because the image is dark and scary, but when they are introduced to the universal principle behind that symbol's meaning, suddenly a dream about murdering a baby you just gave birth to isn't about homicidal tendencies. It's about sacrificing a new idea in order to make room for a newer idea that has yet to come over the horizon. So you take this fearful idea that you're attached to that Mo, this must mean something terrible about me and introduce yourself to the, the, the universal meaning behind it and suddenly the very thing that seemed like darkness is your access to the light. And I experience this constantly with clients, with friends, um, with people who are reading my, my information is a, 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 a freedom that comes from leaning into what's initially frightening them and recognizing that their salvation actually lies right there where the fear is first residing. Yes. And I can tell you, we'll see when we go through this nightmare, that if I had had you in my life when I was having this nightmare, I could have saved years of trying to just (laughs) figure it out in waking time. And I wasn't even trying to analyze the dream or think, what does it mean? If only I had. It was such a big clue to me. Such a big clue to me, which is why, to me, your work is such an important part of someone's spiritual practice if they approach it that way. Yes, thank you. So here's a dream that I used to have, and I used to have it all the time, and I used to have variations of it. Okay. Uh, and and people will recognize it as the dream, the nightmare that they have too. Okay. So for me... When I was, oh, when I was about 15 years old, I fell in love with the Rolling Stones. I mean, I was just head over heels with the Rolling Stones. I became uh, really just obsessed with the Rolling Stones. And so for years and years and years, I was such a huge fan. And, and when I was in college, my girlfriend and I, we actually, um, we made hundreds of bootleg t-shirts and we traveled around the country selling our bootleg t-shirts in the parking lots of their concerts and uh they weren't as uh they were more uh, they didn't have as many uh uh licensing police back then <laughs> so right we got right away right, with right. And the today you would never t-shirts. get away with that <laughs> you would never get away but um <laughs> we sold our t-shirts to pay for our trip and uh, we we bought tickets off of scalpers and got free tickets from people who had extras that they their friends didn't show up. And we went to see all these concerts. We drove all around the country doing it. It was great fun. And so I was just, you know, I was such a fan of the Rolling Stones. Well, my nightmare was that I had great seats to see the Rolling Stones, great tickets. 
and uh, it's the day of the concert, and I get it's the time of the concert, and people are going in and things, and I realize that I forgot my camera at home. Now, I'll also tell you that when I was in high school, I went to a very creative alternative high school because I wanted to kill myself in the public high school. And uh, <laughs> uh, so my parents, in order to save my life, uh, put me in an alternative high school. And I had a intern- an internship that was around photography, and I loved to photograph concerts. And I would photograph concerts, and I would... Uh, uh, go backstage and, and, you know, I get a special pass and actually get to be on the stage and take pictures. And so this is my whole thing. I loved taking pictures of concerts, rock and rollers. So uh, I forgot my camera at home. So then I'm like, oh, my God, I can't. I've got the best seats in the house. i got to get my camera. And then I realize, oh, I don't have the batteries. Oh, I don't have the film. And it's one distraction after another. And then I'm trying to get into the concert. I can't get in. I can't. All these problems. And I basically miss the concert. And I wake up just like, it felt like just... It was a nightmare, not in the sense that, you know, I was screaming or burning up in a house, although I've had those kinds of nightmares. I can remember having a few of those and trying to scream and wake up and those kinds of things. But in this, it was just endless frustration that I couldn't get to where I wanted to be. So I had no one to interpret it, and I would just wake up and think, oh, thank God, that was just a dream. Yeah. So now, say a little now, bit let's more. Say I for, had that now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, say a little bit more about the sensation um, that that the dreams um, uh, gave you. So certainly one is frustration. Yes. Any Intense other sensations? Frust- yeah, anxiety that I was missing the good, that my good was eluding me, and also that uh, there was a sense, a mounting sense of that I was making mistakes, like, forget about the camera, forget about that, you're missing the concert, what's the matter with you? Ah, beautiful. Yeah, so this is, so for the sake of of, uh, people sort of learning some things as they're listening to this, I'll sort of do both the kind of interpretation process, but also point out what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. Um, so the first thing I want to know is what's the sensation of the dream? Because that becomes very important. This is not a nightmare in the typical sense of, as you said, you know, some horrible, very frightening imagery, you know, like, oh, missing the Rolling Stones concert. Not so scary as being, you know, burned alive in a, in a, in a fire. But so we want to know what are the sensations that accompany the dream uh, uh, state so that we really know what areas to, to look at that are being tapped off in your unconscious. So first Frustration is one that's very, very clear. But had I not asked for more, uh, uh, more distinctions, we would have missed, I think, the real kernel, which is I'm making a mistake. The frustration yes. can be healed by the absence of blockages. Do you know what I mean? So that's not quite as self-motivating. To heal frustration, well, you know, you just sort of have less obstacles and you'll have less frustration. But the sense that you're making mistakes, especially since there's no such thing as a mistake, that that's something that needs to be healed and released. So when we go a little deeper, we find out that an underlying sensation of the dream, that is, what is your unconscious mind trying to tell you about the separation that you're having, is, is that you feel like you're making mistakes. So you, one thing right there is how do we then transform the idea of circumstances or happenstances as being learning lessons and, and opportunities to harvest the good as opposed to an opportunity to berate yourself for just how stupid you are. Exactly. So that becomes then something to, to work with. Now, uh, it, you, you laid out the reason why this particular image was so powerful for you because during your waking life, the Rolling Stones represent sort of everything. Not only do they represent the sheer and utter joy that comes with celebrating life through music and, and, and community. So that's certainly, you go to concerts because 
you have this enormous collective common experience of that thing that's happening up there, which I'm now part of because I am here and present and I'm, uh, I'm in the audience of the Rolling Stone concert, that we're all gathered together in this mutual celebration of joy. Music is, you know, uh, uh, that, 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 that the, the joy and enthusiasm for life is so intense in a musical moment that mere words are not enough. So symbolically, a Rolling Stone concert would represent that level of joyful, exuberant bliss. Exactly. But there's more than that for you, uh, Jennifer. Now, I know you well personally. Um, now, I think some of your listeners are going to know a little bit more about you, too. This is also an example of where you discovered your entrepreneurial spirit. <laughs> Okay, But seriously, it's like this becomes an important thing. This dream represents not only are you connected into life as an incredibly joyful opportunity, but it's also a place where you get to play with different parts of yourself. The two things that you brought forward were that there's this opportunity to participate in an abundance and prosperous way. I'm going to sell T-shirts and that I'm going to be able to prosper from that and therefore be able to have a life that aligns with my desires yeah now michael i did that in real life that's what i know i'm I'm saying that 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 what we're doing here is we're using the life experience to inform why the rolling stones concert was such an important symbol oh this is beautiful so it's not just right (laughs) so the third piece is is that it was a place where you got to be your creative expressive self through an artistic medium that was speaking to you back then your photography michael we have to take a break okay yes so we'll continue this when we're we're coming back i'm jennifer hadley this is dr michael lennox and you're listening to a course of miracles living the love walking the talk on unity online radio we'll be right back Many people, like myself, desire more out of life. I want more out of my work, my daily interactions, and my relationships, including my connection with the divine. So when I found Unity House's new book by the Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard called Good Questions, a lot of things started making sense. Dear Tom, how can I believe in the integrity of God if I can't believe in my own integrity? From K.A. in Iowa. Dear K.A., God's goodness is independent of your highs and lows, but lighten up on yourself, my friend. Everybody has gloomy spells in their moral and spiritual life. Everyone makes mistakes. Self-doubt is endemic to the species Homo sapiens. People tend to doubt themselves and to be their own worst critics. All people fall short of their goals. In fact, that's one of the classic definitions of sin. But making mistakes, even really, really bad ones, does not define who you are. You are Imago Dei. The spiritual image and likeness of God, the divine spirit within, is your true identity, now and forever. Dr. Tom's an expert in metaphysical Christianity who is sometimes passionate, sometimes funny, but always ready to tackle the agonizing questions about life and our spiritual path. His book, Good Questions, Answering Letters from the Edge of Doubt, is a must-read for those of us who listen to his show here on Unity FM or read his column in Unity Magazine. Get your copy today online at unity.org and click on the shop link. Ever have those days when you think life isn't all that you thought it could be? Well, it's our thinking that creates the canvas of our life's masterpiece. When we are ready and willing to step into a new way of thinking, our world literally begins to shift and grow into something bigger and brighter than we ever imagined. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on the Unity Online Radio Network. Be sure to join us every Wednesday afternoon at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern to hear in-depth conversations with leading teachers, authors, and musicians in the world of spirituality and new thought. Listen in and open up Spirituality Today, where life keeps getting better and better. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Reverend Jennifer Hadley. 
If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. So I'm here with Dr. Michael Lennox, and we're interpreting one of my nightmares. (laughs) I loved what you were saying as we were coming into the break. Can you just say a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. We were talking about the Rolling Stones concert as a powerful symbol for you of more than just something that was fun and joyful for you as a teenager. It was also a place where you first discovered your entrepreneurial spirit and a sense of generating prosperity in your life by being a t-shirt seller. It was also a place where you got to be creatively expressive with your photography. So as an image, as a symbol in your dream of being a place that you can't get to, it's more than just fun or teenage, you know, rebellion. It was that you were not able to get to the core of you that would be vibrating with life is an incredibly um, blissful, exuberant experience in which I get to be prosperous and effective and creatively expressive. So, and the fact that the dream was telling you that because you make mistakes, you can't get to the heart and the center of yourself as a powerful being. That that's really what the dream is representing for you is the progression of you having that belief, the belief that I'm making mistakes and therefore I cannot get to the heart of me where everything is possible. And in fact, I am so expansive that my energy could fill a stadium. Yes, it's so that's so perceptive of you, Michael, because I, I didn't even see quite... I sure didn't see the depth of that. And for years, the, the dream continued to repeat and, uh, it might be something different than the Rolling Stones. That seemed to evolve, although I can't really remember what it, it some of the other, uh, things that I was trying to get to and getting distracted from. For me, what I saw last summer, I was meditating, contemplating, and I realized, I don't know what made me think of it, but I realized, oh my gosh, I haven't had that dream in so long. <laughs> and it's it's this thing that's often referred to in A Course of Miracles. So we all know the expression from the Bible, seek and ye shall find. And uh, A Course of Miracles talks about you're, you're seeking outside of yourself, you will never find because the kingdom is within, it's pre-installed. Yeah. And so in the dream, for me, what I saw last summer when I was looking at it was that I was telling myself that I was being distracted by the ego. Why did I need to take pictures of it? Well, of the concert, why couldn't I just enjoy it? Why did I have to have a record of it? To me, that was something egotistical, that I needed to capture it. I mean, yes, it was creative expression, but why couldn't I just enjoy it? Why couldn't I just (laughs) receive the gift that was being freely given to me? I was being given the very best seats, the thing that I loved the most, and yet uh, somehow I was distracted. And then I I go back home, which, you know, it's like, that's a dicey thing. And I tend to do that all the time. Do I have enough time to do this? It's going to be, you know, I'm going to just get by, you know, it's a little tricky. I don't really have enough time to do this, but I'm going to go for it anyway. And you're, that's you're ego absolutely too. Right about, you're absolutely right about the camera being representative of your ego mind. It's the part of you that does not trust that the experience in the moment is going to be satisfying enough to carry you through. It's an idea that I have to grab onto memories and, per, and perceptions that have already passed and hold on to them in order for me to uh, feel sort of connected to my life. i got to take a picture of this because the moment will not last. And of course, you know, when we live in that unlasting moment, we're actually living in the infinite now, which is an extraordinary place to live, which needs no pictures to remind us of how beautiful life is. And I would bet you that if I could go back to having that place when I was having the dream, that part of why I wanted to have the pictures of it, too, was to show other people, look what I have. Brilliant. 
Yeah, that I had this experience. I got the free good tickets. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're absolutely right. That's a brilliant observation. So then check this out. I also started to see last summer when I was looking at it that, okay, I got distracted by going after the camera to make a permanent record of it so I could tell everybody, ooh, look what I got to do. (laughs) And then, of course, I didn't have the film. I didn't have the right batteries. I didn't have the right stuff. And I missed the whole thing entirely. Yeah, yeah. So one ego pursuit, one ego thought led to another, led to another, led to another, and I missed the whole thing. It's literally like being faced in the wrong direction. Exactly, exactly. I was going away from the concert. And it almost always was that I got to the concert and I realized I don't have my camera, I don't have film, I don't have something. But in truth, I had everything I needed to have a really great experience of the concert. Yes. So I allowed myself through these ego desires to be distracted from the very thing I most desired. So what I saw last summer was that I don't have that dream anymore because what it really represented to me was my spiritual path is I... Now I'm fully on my spiritual path. Yes, which, by the way, would look like gathering lots of moss. Because, as we know, rolling stones gather no moss. (laughs) Now, I I am glad you laughed, because it may have sounded like I was making a joke. But the truth is, I'm not. In other words, there is fodder for consideration in every symbol. Uh-huh. which would be to take a look at who do you want to be. And I know you well, so I know that you are a moss-covered being, <laughs> meaning fully immersed in the mother heart, fully mm-hmm. immersed in the divine feminine principle, which is the mother part of Mother, Father, God, the part that grows, that is, that is fully nurturing and sustaining of all life. And that the Rolling Stone part of you, while maybe very vibrant and powerful and exciting, would be the part of you that could gather no moss, that was not actually up for all that divine feminine power. And you, by the way, and I'm sure that all of your listening audience, whether they know you well or not, has gathered by this time that you are a powerful, powerful divine feminine um, uh, stand for, for love on, on this planet at this time. Well, thank you for that. Michael, I want to ask you, so now you're saying that moss is a symbol. Is it one of the symbols in your book, Dream Sight? Um, you know, that book feels so foreign to me that I don't know. But So I don't think moss per se is, but I'm sure plants are. And part of how the book works is it's a teaching tool. It's not a reference tool. It's not designed to give you an answer. My work is all, and I know you vibe with this too, that it, you know, my work is designed to have you get rid of me. You know, and so the, the, the idea is to teach you how to think about uh, symbols and universal meaning. So, yes, you would look at plants and plants representing, you know, uh, growth and movement and cycles of birth and renewal and decay and death and, and only to return again. Um, um, so, yeah, like that. So it's it's in there somewhere, <laughs> somehow. <laughs> I want to let people know that they can order your book at your website. It's called Dream Sight, S-I-G-H-T, and it's a dictionary. It's a guide for interpreting any dream on your own. Indeed. Very, very helpful, and I love this book. I've gotten it as a gift for others. It's a really great book, and so is your radio show at Unity Online Radio. And again, it's Mondays at what time? Uh, 12 o'clock Pacific, 2 o'clock Central, uh, live, and we are nurturing a wonderful call-in following. Now, um, can people just show up and call in if yep. they want? Okay. Yes, they can. That is the uh, that is what is the that was my intention, and that is what is beginning to occur. People are actually um, calling in spontaneously, and it is my intention to be able to handle all the calls that come in. 
Now, I, I want to go over one more dream that I just love. Uh, years ago, I was visiting a friend who um, had a very, very high-powered corporate career, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. And uh, she was saying to me, we were talking about dreams, and she said that she had this recurring nightmare where in the dream, she had forgotten that she had piano lessons. And that um, she had, she it was like she had paid for these piano lessons, and she had forgotten all about them. And now she was feeling despair and upset because she had missed all these piano lessons, and she was continuing to miss them. And she said, "What do you think that means?" And I said, "Well, what do you think that means?" <laughs> and she said, "Good question." Yeah. And so she said, "Well, I, I think." I'm missing the creativity in my life, and I'm that's exact, feeling sad that's about That's exactly that. right, yeah. and it's it's um, what the to go a little deeper with the distinction is it's what is she cultivating? Because lessons are not about performance; mm. lessons are skill teaching moments. So it's it's that she is now she's two steps now removed from having. Uh, creative expression in her life. Not only is she not playing the piano in the dream, she's missing the lessons that would actually give her skills to be creatively expressive. Yes. So, and she's already paid for it, which means there's a there's already been a commitment made. So yes. as she's v- out there in her high-powered corporate life, she's made the commitment to herself that she will get good at being creatively expressive for the sake of creative expression, but she is now betraying herself not once, but twice. And haven't we all done that? So we're at time here. I know we could go for hours and hours. It would be really fun. I wish we had time to have some callers call in, but it's time for me to thank you, Dr. Michael Lennox, my dear friend, and to remind people they can get your book and sign up for your blog at michaellennox.com, and they can listen to your radio show at Unity Online Radio, and you can find both this show and Michael's show at iTunes. So go to iTunes, search for me, go to iTunes, search for Michael Lennox. And if you like what we're doing, please write a review so more people will find it. It's totally free. Let's take a breath of gratitude and know that all is well, that we are blessed and we are one. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. I love you. Have a great week. I love you, Michael. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.